Dive into the start of summer at Whole Foods Market. Check out their summer splash event with sales on fresh organic produce, organic strawberries, and a fan favorite sale on Ben and Jerry's and Talenti. Explore deals on grill-friendly meats like organic air-chilled chicken breast, beef and chicken kebabs, all with no antibiotics ever from our meat department. Plus, grab easy sides from prepared foods and cool off with refreshing drinks. Kick off your summer and shop in store or online at Whole Foods Market today. Do you want to set your child up for success? Is tutoring out of your budget or perhaps you're someone like me who just wants to save money on private tutoring? Is this a big school year for your child? You know, maybe they're starting kindergarten or middle school. Maybe there's another milestone coming up. Or maybe your family moved. Oh my gosh, I moved so much when I was growing up. And the kids are starting a new school. Or maybe your child is ahead and just not getting challenged enough in class. Well, IXL Learning is here to help. IXL Learning is a fun online learning program for kids covering math, language, arts, science, and social studies. It's powered by advanced algorithms. IXL gives the right help to each kid, no matter the age or the personality. IXL is used in 95 of the top 100 school districts in the U.S. That's right. It is school approved. So make an impact on your child's learning. Get IXL now. And How to Be Fine listeners can get an exclusive 20% off IXL membership when they sign up today at IXL.com slash fine. Visit IXL.com slash fine to get the most effective learning program out there at the best price. Again, that's IXL.com slash fine. Hey, by the book listeners, Kristen here. Did you know that you can receive a weekly by the book affirmation mini plus the rules of every book that we've lived by? It's easy. All you have to do is become a member of our Patreon community. To learn more, go to patreon.com slash listen to buy the book. Again, that's patreon.com slash listen to buy the book, or just look at the episode description from today's show. The following podcast contains barnyard language and some adult content. So, maybe listen on headphones if you're at work or around small children. Now, here's the show. Hey, Jolenta. Yes, Kristen. It has been 17 years since we lived by the art of asking. No, I'm just kidding. It's only been a week since we lived by that. And you know what that means? Uh, I believe it means it's time for another By the Book mini-episode. That's right. It's time for another Buy the Book epilogue. This week, we are looking at the aftermath of living by The Art of Asking, How I Learned to Stop Worrying and Let People Help by Amanda Palmer. And wow, you all had so much to say about this book, about us, about Amanda Palmer, about all of it. We received more voicemails, emails, Facebook comments, you name it, on The Art of Asking than we have on any book we have lived by this season. So seriously, thank you for getting so involved. Yeah. In fact, 
we received more feedback on this episode than all our prior episodes combined <gasps> this season. Oh my gosh. Yeah. I, I kid you not. I kid you not. I believe it. I believe it. <laughs> yes. So shall we start off by hearing from some folks who are Amanda Palmer fans? Oh, do let's. First, we heard from Wilma, who says, I discovered Amanda Palmer around the time she had her massive success with her Kickstarter album. I went to the concerts and introduced my friends to her music, and her intermission tour was one of the most joyful experiences of my life. Her songs helped me in a difficult period of my life, and I connected with her character. Like her, I have also been told I'm too much and that I'm too emotional. I've also met several friends at her shows. Wilma, that sounds fantastic. Being able to meet people at shows, it's such Mm -hmm. a rare thing. I mean, where you continue the friendship. It's one thing to just like turn to the person next to you at a concert and be like, oh my God, this is my favorite song. And it's another to actually meet real friends through a Mm -hmm. show. And and, um, I totally hear you on someone's music helping you through a rough time. I think all of us have experienced that, right? Where Mm -hmm. there's somebody's music who really speaks to us when we're going through a specific uh, moment in life. So that sounds great. I'm really glad that she could speak to you, Wilma. For sure. And Stephen has also felt a personal connection to Amanda Palmer. Stephen wrote in to say, I've seen Amanda Palmer four out of the five times she's played in Dublin. She happened to be playing in Ireland the day we passed the abortion referendum and added an extra two hours to her show in celebration, which was magical. The next tour was attended by a lot of activists, but the venue's policy was nothing political in the lobby. So Amanda invited all the disability and abortion rights activists onto the stage to talk about the problems with access in Ireland. It was really cool. That just sounds sick, Stephen. Yes, I love it. I love that Amanda Palmer is saying, I don't care what this venue says. They're Mm -hmm. all out on the stage. And just I love someone who really knows the value of like a shared live experience. And it seems like she really does like to know how to read the crowd and ride the momentum of like joyous celebration um, and extending your show or to know like this is wrong and silencing people in a weird way. So I'm going to circumvent it like and please the masses or my masses, her masses. You know what I'm saying? I think that I do find uh, her ability to read a crowd and sort of roll with the moment to be like very impressive. Very much so. I totally agree. Up next, we have this letter from Kirsty who says, I'm really weird in that I like her energy, but I don't like her music. In the audiobook, there were chapter breaks with her singing, and I found it uncomfortable. <laughs> That's very funny. I totally hear you. I think that um, sometimes we love an artist more than we love their art and vice versa, or maybe we like one form of their art, but not another form of their art. Mm-hmm. You know, yeah. I remember the John Lennon. Uh, a show with his sketches a few years ago. And some people went in there who I I overheard them talking like, I like his music, but I don't want to see this. I just realized. (laughs) Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. I like, I feel that way about Ethan Cohen plays. I like a lot of the work he does with his brother, but his solo plays, not for me. And pretty boring and run of the mill. Don't tell Ethan Cohen I said that. (laughs) I know them personally, Joel and Ethan. They're from Minnesota. They're my friends. Just kidding. I don't know them. I don't know them. Anywho, um, (laughs) let's go back to her book for a second since Kirstie just brought up Amanda Palmer's book. Mm -hmm. Some of you out there said you really feel you've benefited from it. Anneli says, 
I come from a culture where asking for help is a sign of weakness. Hello from Scandinavia. Mm, Everyone in my family has struggled with this. We rarely even ask one another for help. I've struggled with feelings of being in the way and being an unwanted presence my entire life, not because of any ill treatment I received at home, but because I struggled to connect with other kids, perhaps because I have autism. In my mind, there's a foundational assumption that people will reject me if I am the least bit of a bother, and while I've been proven wrong many times, the fear persists. Because my social skills are poor, I also have a hard time identifying ways I can help others unless they explicitly ask, and I often feel desperate and powerless when I see my friends struggle. Palmer's book to me was a manifesto telling me that asking is not the same thing as begging or demanding, that Mm. asking is a natural way for people to connect. As I read it, it was a call to shed the shame and assumptions that kept me from asking for help, but also from receiving help. That's such an important point. Yes. Yes. And Anneli, you're not alone, by the way. A lot of people wrote in to say exactly the same thing as you. Right. That they have felt like they can't ask. They're supposed to be accommodating, especially a lot of women wrote in and said, you know, I don't want to be too demanding. Women are told to, you know, just get along and to be non-confrontational. And sometimes asking sometimes feels like, oh, am I being confrontational by asking? And so – yeah, Anneli, you're not alone. Uh, regardless of the circumstance, uh, a lot of women had different backstories saying the mm-hmm. same thing. Yeah, yeah. And I think that is very, very important and valid. Yes. A lot of other people wrote in to say they have more conflicted feelings about Amanda Palmer and her book. Uh, Marielle says, I stumbled upon Palmer's TED Talk as an impressionable 19-year-old just starting out as an art major in college. I'm embarrassed to say I fit the demographic of privileged white person that this book seems to cater to. I remember showing this TED Talk to all my friends and watching it over and over. I had totally forgotten about this until your episode. I think This point of view of ask for help and let the satisfaction of helping be the reward really hurt my confidence in my own abilities for a long time. I was convinced for years that I would never be able to support myself and that I would always need other people's help, specifically my parents and a future husband's. Her philosophy also led me to say yes when friends and family asked me to do design work for free. I tell myself I'll be paid in exposure, even though I always felt shortchanged. It's been a journey, but now I'm 28, I'm a single woman supporting myself in the design field, and I love what I do. Maybe some people need that message of asking for help, but I was the opposite. I needed to realize I could do it myself and feel empowered. Ooh. Ah. Mary L., this story is so kick-ass. So interesting, too. Yes. I love that you just needed to know you could do it for yourself. Mm-hmm. Yeah. There, there is the flip side of asking. If you're always um, asking and asking and asking, and somebody, I didn't include it in today's script, but there was one person who wrote, who gets tired of the person who asks when they can just Google or when they can just find oh out on gosh, their own? Oh my gosh, I loved that whole thread, yes. <laughs> it was a very long thread. Just people uh, Apollo- piling on being like, oh my gosh. It's like, does anybody know the phone number for such and such? It's like, Google the freaking phone number. Oh my gosh, come on. This isn't that hard. Does anybody know what the weather's going to be today? Googleweather.com. Look outside. <laughs> <laughs> oh, God. Ugh. So, um, yeah, uh, Marielle, uh, th- there are extreme ends of the spectrum when it comes to what asking can mean to different people. <laughs> totally. 
But also, you know, a lot of you feel that Amanda Palmer is just straight up right and it never hurts to ask, which I also love. Meredith says, I ask for all the things. The worst thing anyone can say to you is no, and I usually get the yes. I ask nicely, so maybe that helps. My biggest one was getting insurance to cover a lost earring that had been dropped from the policy. What? Oh. Those earrings were not even covered by the policy and you still got coverage? Whoa, Meredith. Meredith, living life on the edge, asking for things left and right, not afraid to hear no. I'm jealous. (laughs) Um, Of course, not everybody agrees on this point either. Some of you feel asking isn't so simple. Lindsay says, I wonder about the thin line of asking versus taking advantage of, which I think is a lot of the problem people have with Amanda Palmer. In her mind, she's just asking and people are welcome to say no, but this negates the power and influence she has. People may not be able to say no, either because of their situation, politeness, power dynamics, or a history of abuse and manipulation that makes it hard to develop those important no skills. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's always good to try and take a step back and remember, like, where you're coming from when you ask things of people. Um, And to know, like, how to identify situations where you just feel like you can't say no. Yeah, absolutely. And are you giving people an out when you're asking? Mm, Some situations we shouldn't be giving people an out, like – you know, holding people to task who've done bad things. Mm -hmm. But in other cases, if we're asking people who, let's say you're a multimillionaire like Amanda Palmer and you're asking people who make minimum wage for certain things, maybe you should make sure you give them an out, right? Mm -hmm. Yeah. yeah, And I'm not saying that that she's necessarily doing that, but Mm -hmm. some people felt she was. (laughs) Right, right. Um, Mildred agrees with Lindsay and adds, I hate the proverb, the squeaky wheel gets the grease, because growing up, it was my experience that the squeaky wheel gets replaced. Sometimes you get punished for asking for what you want, be told to know your place, be told to be grateful for what you have, hear bosses tell employees they were replaceable, etc. I think this is why I get frustrated when people tell me, you just need to ask. Mm. Yeah. And, of course, some people just feel that they've had bad experiences with other people asking too much of them. Sarah says, I feel like I've been asked to do too much in roommate relationships, toxic relationships, and occasionally at jobs. A lot of it may not be categorized as being asked, but as expectations, which to me is slightly different and harder to recognize and harder to say no to. Mm, Yes, that's such a good call. And I feel like Roommate situations are the perfect breeding ground for stuff like that. Like <laughs> yes. if the if your roommate just never buys toilet paper, they're essentially asking you to be solely responsible for the toilet paper in the place, right? But they're there's nothing to say no to. Like, what do you just mm-hmm. stop buying toilet paper? Do you have your own hoard of toilet paper and bring it to the bathroom? That's what I did when I experienced this. <laughs> there were three of us, and two of us were like, you know what? Fuck it. He's never bought toilet paper. We're only buying our own or sharing between us, and we're taking it to the bathroom when we have to go. <laughs> I'm going to let you guys think about that situation while we take a quick break. Yes, but when we're back, some of you out there want to talk about what constitutes work and what doesn't. If a friend asks how you're doing and you say, I'm okay. When the truth is, I don't want my problems to burden anyone. Or you say, hang it in there. 
Because if I ask for help, they'll just think I'm weak. Then this is your sign to call, text, or chat. 988 for free confidential support. Anytime. You don't have to hide how you feel. Cheers to a great day and this ice-cold Corona. You know what would make this day even better? My grandma's carne asada. Throw in some music. We can watch the game. Or we could keep it simple. Corona. La vida más fina. Get your Corona at ordercorona.com. Relax responsibly. Corona extra beer imported by Crown Import, Chicago, Illinois. All right, we are back and we are talking all about The Art of Asking by Amanda Palmer. Our listeners had a lot to say. You all had a lot to say. So now let's hear from some people who have specific thoughts about work. Let's start with a voicemail. There was this comment Kristen made that bothered me during her verdict where she said that Amanda didn't work and she was like, Amanda went to life this fancy school and like quote unquote threw away that education and and didn't work and like one I don't think people owe the world productivity like I went to a pretty good school that I don't necessarily use use my education every single day and I think that's fine like I don't feel in debt to anyone except the loan people for it um, and just the other thing is that Amanda is like extremely productive, like busking is extremely difficult and productive and a job and putting out art into the world and her writing she does. Like all of this is putting like tangible things out into the world. Um, so whatever else you say about her, and you said some very valid things, I just didn't quite... Um, understand where Kristen was coming from with that. Thank you so much for that voicemail. Um, We're sorry we didn't catch your name. I don't think you left your name. And uh, by the way, you're not the only one who reached out to us with this comment. And I would like to wholeheartedly apologize right here and right now because I did not make clear at that point in the verdict that I was trying to paraphrase something that Amanda herself said in the book. And I did a very sloppy job of doing that paraphrasing. So to be more specific, Early on in The Art of Asking, Amanda talks about how her parents, uh, quote, broke their backs to pay for her to go to this extremely expensive college. And after graduating, she made clear to them that she would not be getting a job. To quote from the book, I really, really didn't want to get a job. I had no desire to get a job. I'd waited tables and scooped ice cream. And from what I knew of jobs, I didn't want one. Instead, I would be a rock star, not a pop star, a rock star. So um, apologies to everyone out there for my sloppy wording. Amanda never said she wouldn't work. She said she would never get a job. And those are, in fact, two different things. Again, very bad paraphrasing on my part. Um, All that being said, I stand by my general sentiments in the verdict. I personally find it unattractive to say to one's friends and family, especially after they've supported you, that you won't get a job, but you will accept their money to invest into your artistic projects, which may or may not see a return for them, or to ask for money and free housing from people who have jobs that you yourself consider beneath you. I I find that really unattractive. Um, But that's just my take. I'm not telling other people you have to have my take also. Uh, In conclusion, though, does Amanda Palmer work? Yes, she does. But in her eyes, does she have a job? The answer, according to her book, is no. 
Maybe it's a like when you love what you do, like do you really work type sitch. <laughs> I don't know. I can't claim to know. If you do what you love, you never work a day in your life. You know, I don't yeah. know. I don't know. Um, it's 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 a tough. It's a tough one. <laughs> Yes. I mean, right. I agree with you. And then I'm like, well, it depends. Like, did she have a good business plan when she asked her parents for money? And I'm like, I can't get into it. The way she writes about it is what Kristen said, which is like kind of flippant. Um, <laughs> it reminds me a lot, actually, of what Gail here is about to say. Gail wrote in and says, I'm a singer songwriter. And I think there's a culture in the arts of saying, if you have a day job, you're less of an artist, which is not true. Amanda has had the privilege of being able to always be a full-time artist, and the tone she uses to talk about that isn't always ideal. Personally, I've recently come to the conclusion that my day job in project management is its own art. And yes, it pays the bills. Nice, scale. I mm-hmm. agree with you. Yeah. Yeah. Um, I do think that the creative world, whether it's writing, music, or anything else, there's definitely that mindset with certain folks that if you have a day job, you're not really an artist, but you know, let's be real. Who are the people who don't have day jobs? Usually they are extremely well-to-do and they started off that way. Usually. Yeah. Yeah. That's a fact. Yes. Um, Yeah. And having been a day job artist person and like still sort of feeling like one in my heart, I have to say like every day job I've had has added to my art. And I feel like it's, it's sort of a weird, small-minded way to look at art. But I've definitely also encountered a lot of theater people who are like, you can't work. What if you miss opportunities? And it's like, but also. Somebody has to pay for this roof over my head and food. And you never know what opportunities are going to come up while you're working day jobs. Like, that's how I ended up a podcaster, like, legit by accident. Yes, me too. (laughs) Um, Let's move along to Dale here. Dale says, as a musician myself, I appreciate Amanda's assertion that she should get paid for her creative output. But shouldn't I too? Or should I play for free alongside her and be grateful for the exposure? It sounds like that's what she's saying of less famous musicians. I love her, but she sometimes gets things very wrong. Dale, that's a beautiful view. Yes. <laughs> I wish I could be a fan of people the way Dale is, and sometimes I have trouble with that. Yeah. I mean, I, th- I think there. this is another conversation that was happening on the Facebook community this past week, um, which we uh, didn't have time to put into this script. But there are a lot of people who are asking, how can you, you know, look at an artist that you see problematic and still enjoy their art? Uh, can you separate the artist from the art and so on? Um, and I am not going to tell anybody what they can or can't do as far as separating the artist from the art. I personally think that to a certain extent we have to because any Hollywood film, for example, is going to have at least one producer, one director, somebody who is just fucking gross there. Let's be real. The film industry is filled with misogyny, with racism, with executives who make bad decisions that they think are best for the bottom line. Um, And so I love movies, but I know that behind the scenes, no matter what movie I watch, there is somebody within that industry that is doing something wrong. Mm -hmm. And everybody just, you know, has a different comfort level. I would never tell somebody else you have to or you can't separate the artist from the art, but... That's what I do. How about you, Jolenta? Yeah, I think it's a pretty personal issue. I, I'm i pretty easily off put by things, which is, <laughs> which is hard for me uh, sometimes. So I feel like I have a low threshold for being like, I can't, I can't personally do that anymore. Like, but sometimes I hate it, too. Um, <laughs> so it's, it's really tough for me for the most part. 
I end up having trouble separating it, especially depending on how the artist presents themselves, uh, whether like they present themselves as sort of being their work uh, mm, versus being separate, yeah. you know. So to me, it has a lot to do with how the work and the artists present themselves and their work and themselves like together or separately. Yeah. Are they presenting themselves as a guru who should be emulated or are they just like writing songs? Right. Yeah. I don't know. Yeah, it's a it's a tough, tough and personal call. Um, Carol Ann has been a longtime fan of Amanda Palmer, and she has this to say. I have been an Amanda Palmer fan since I was about 12 years old, starting with my Dresden Dolls obsession. She's extremely creative, a wonderful fiction writer and lyricist, but the fact is she and so many other famous people start with rich parents and fake a self-made personality, especially those in the punk crowd she ran with in the early 2000s. Oh, that's been the punk crowd for a long time, Carol Ann, trust me. Right. <laughs> Not just I feel like 2000s. Kristen has much more of a read on the punk culture. Um, I, I kind of ran a little bit in that scene, you might say. Yeah. Um, but uh, I would say a lot of people in that scene in the 90s also, and in the grunge scene, and in, right. you know, for a lot of rock and roll history, this has been the case, um, just as it has been in the self-help scene, as Jolenta, you and I have talked at length about. Such a good point, Kristen. Yes. So, Carol Ann, you are not off at all there. I'm just saying it's not just the punk crowd in the 2000s. It's <laughs> a lot of culture. It's a lot of art. It's a lot of uh, literature and so on. So, yeah. Uh, should we move on, Kristen, to some comments that people have about how we lived by Amanda Palmer's book? Yes. Here is one that is so touching and moving, and it's about how you changed lives because of this episode, Jolenta. Hi, this is Christina Clay. So one of the things you guys said on the episode today really struck me. I am an oncologist, and Jolenta, you said today that you were embarrassed to ask your doctor for an increase in your gabapentin. So after I heard that on my way to work this morning, I actually changed what I say to my patients. I reminded every one of them today that it's okay to ask me for things, that they shouldn't feel like they were taking my time, that they weren't important enough, that whatever they were worried about wasn't important enough to bother me about. And there's always a few patients who call and write and all the time, but most people, they don't ask enough. And you can ask your doctor in a nice way, and, and it's just no big deal to increase the dose of gabapentin or have you come in a little bit early because you're not feeling well. And I would so much rather have my patients call and tell me and ask me things than wait until the next appointment when they're sick as hell and um, I'm behind the eight ball trying to figure out what's going on. So thank you, Jolenta. Um, it changed the things I said to my patients today, and I'm going to keep saying that. That is very, very sweet and makes me happy and, like, want to cry a smidge. So, Christina, thank you. And, like, God damn it. <laughs> That's so Isn't that, that is... amazing? Jolenta, you're changing lives. You're changing lives, Jolenta. Oh, my gosh. I just, yeah. I... <laughs> I'm glad. I'm also just glad I'm not alone in like not being afraid of the doctor or like asking for medical things, but like 
I feel like it's just a like overly strong reverence for the profession, maybe. I think it's very common. I mean, there have been many, many psychological studies that have been found that we as what are we called civilians, regular folks, non-doctors? Yeah. There is white coat anxiety that totally we see somebody with that level of education and authority. Um, we, you know, anytime we see somebody in authority, especially who knows things about science, we mm. often as humans just are like, well, can I speak up? Uh, they probably know more than I do. I don't want to rock the boat. Um, also, I think because in our world, we're taught to have certain shame about our bodies and also certain totally. resilience that's unrealistic at times. Um, tough right. it out. Yeah. You can do it. And Mind over matter. Yeah. And I, I can say for myself, I've also, and I'm, I know for a fact I'm not alone in this, I've had a couple of experiences where doctors have shamed me so badly and like called me essentially without saying the word slut, you know. They've essentially called me a slut without saying I'm a slut. Right, where it's like, and, yeah, fear of judgment. Yeah, it's like, oh, it. I don't know really how to speak up about this thing that's happening with my labia now because I feel like they're just going to tell me it's because I'm a slut. And um, I won't go into this, but Jalenta, you know I have an autoimmune illness mm -hmm. that affects my labia. And for years, no doctors took me seriously, and I was slut-shamed about it. So it was right. really hard to ask for help about it. And then in the end, it turned out to be an autoimmune disease. And who gives a fuck if I slept around a lot, but I had doctors treat me so badly that it got hard to continually ask to for help. To ask, yeah, so, for help yeah. over and over. Anywho, long tangent, but Jolenta, I am so glad that um, one more doctor in the world is, you know, uh, encouraging their patients to ask because of you. Yeah, it's very nice. But look, Kristen, not everything's nice. Not everyone no, wrote not. in to be like, thanks for like, <laughs> like giving me your point of view. Um, <laughs> Cherie wrote in to say, I thought the part where Kristen said asking for patrons is a douchebag move was weird. By the book literally has a Patreon account and they asked during each episode for people to subscribe to it. So what's the difference? Oh, Valid that question. is a good question. Sure, good question. So in her book, Amanda Palmer defines patron in the classical sense of the word, as in here's someone who's got a lot of money and wants to be a patron of the arts. In her case, she tells a very long and detailed story about the person who lets her and other artists live in his building for free or next to free because he likes being surrounded by creative people. So he has this giant building and they all live in it. Um, she also tells the story of people who give her free studio space when she wants to record because they feel feel satisfaction knowing they played a role in her success. Uh, those are just a couple of examples. She gives many examples, but she's saying find those patrons and have them support you so you don't have to worry about money and you can just make your art. But in my case, I don't personally feel comfortable reaching out to people and asking them to do that. So uh, in my storyline, I asked Networks instead just to pay me for my appearances. And Jolenta, you clearly didn't feel comfortable either. So you asked Brad to be your patron, which I thought right. was great. I love that. <laughs> right. And as for Patreon, I've got to say, we're pretty comfortable with that. Yes, looks oh, yeah. hypocritical on paper, Patreon, patron. But <laughs> as Kristen said, Palmer was talking about like oldie timey patrons. Like, I yes. want to write a, an opera. Like, oh, you do here. Let me give you my villa in Tuscany to write it. Like, <laughs> that's my view of an oldie timey patron. Um, 
basically, Patreon is a way for us to give additional content out um, with an easy platform. And our listeners asked us to make additional content. So, like, literally, lots and lots of people wrote us and said, why don't you have a Patreon? You guys are one of the only shows they listen to without a Patreon. Make more things. Give us the steps. Like, shoot the shit. So I we did it. <laughs> um, and, like, we don't need you to be Patreons, like, for us to live or for us to keep making by the book. Um, but it is additional content that we do accept uh, donation levels for. And, like, we are very grateful for you guys even subscribing to Patreon and for even wanting more content from us. Uh, like, I'm still surprised. And, like, I love it. And I'm so grateful. So, yes, we're a little bit of hypocrites, but we decided since we were asked for it and we made the Patreon and we don't consider it, like, straight-up patronage because there's an exchange of goods, I don't fucking know anymore. We worked it out, so we've decided we're not hypocrites, which is what everyone does. <laughs> but also, this is our reasoning behind it. Yes. <laughs> Let's uh, move on to someone yes. else who was a little bummed with how we approached some stuff. Yes. Andrea says, I was disappointed that Kristen and Jolenta chose not to take the mentorship step seriously. Jolenta tweeted share, and Kristen sent thank you letters to Oprah, Megan, and Harry, but neither chose to reach out to people who could have actually provided them with wisdom and professional guidance. Mentorship is something we could all benefit from, and sadly, too few women take the initiative to ask for it. Okay, first of all, I did more than just tweet at Cher. <laughs> I DM'd, I emailed reps, but that's besides the point. <laughs> I see what you're saying, Andrea. And I swear, we love mentors, and we love approaching mentorship thoughtfully and with care and and with realistic goals. But literally, the book's advice was to shoot for the highest star and to not rest until someone super famous at like the height of the field you're interested in falls in your lap, a la how Neil Gaiman fell in her lap through a mutual friend. Um, and like, so we were taking that advice seriously, which is in itself sort of jokey, when you think about the concept, but like she did not anywhere in the book say be practical, shoot for someone local, shoot for someone you know you can get on the phone all the time, think outside of the box. No, she said shoot for like the most famous person in the field you're interested in. Yeah, and I'm going to take responsibility here since I'm the one who distilled the rules and wrote them out. What she literally said was reach out to your idols, and I changed it to, you know, ask for mentors. But right. um so that's my bad. I should have made it clear, like, she wanted us to reach out to our idols, and she did. And so that's what we did, too. But I just want to second what, Jolenta, you said earlier. We believe mentors are valuable. We are very fortunate to have mentors. It took me a long time to realize that. It wasn't until my 30s that I started getting mentors right. that really have played a role in my success in life. And I'm so grateful that I have them now. It's never too late to get mentors. Um, should I have had them as a teenager or in my 20s? Yeah, but my 30s wasn't too late. I'm doing fine now. <laughs> we swear we love mentors. And we love them. We were just living by the book. This is not how we <laughs> recommend getting mentors at all. Yes. Uh, let's move on, shall we? Yes. Christina has this to say about how we live by the book. Kristen, 
I literally cried when you said you wrote to Oprah and Harry and Meghan. Your coverage of the royals has been the most nuanced, especially after the Oprah interview. I listened to all of your appearances that you linked to on Twitter. From one anti-racist woman of color, royals watcher, to another, I just want to say how much I appreciate you. And oh my gosh. I have to reiterate, you are a fucking breath of fresh. And I know I'm the most biased person, like next to Dean, probably. <laughs> but truly, next to only you and a few other people, I feel like we're able to sort of zoom out and have a, a bigger cultural perspective than like just royal watchers or just like um like people who don't understand sort of the history of royals. Like ugh, I'm trying to explain myself. Anyway, Kristen. You were truly a breath of fresh air and made points that were not being made. And I am grateful as well. Now you may Aww. respond. Oh, thank you. Thank you. Thank you so much, Christina. Also, a uh, great name, by the way. Uh, very fond of other people in the Kristen Christina. In the uh, Chris Christi family. Universe. All of that. In the, in the Chris family. But thank you so much for following my coverage. And um, my heart is warmed knowing that you enjoyed it. So thank you so much. Thank you. Kim also made a really good point. Uh, Kim says, when you were reading out the rules of the book, you said, if you love people enough, they will give you everything. I think that's an extremely damaging message to send out into the world. And I was surprised that the two of you didn't examine it further, especially you, Kristen, who's been open about the childhood abuse you survived, as well as other mistreatments you've faced at the hands of loved ones who've asked too much of you. Yeah, Kim, this is a good point. And um, Jolenta, I know you and I both agree with Kim here. Totally. Absolutely. And that definitely could have been examined for um, an hour all on its own. <laughs> and, totally, and I do totally. think that's a ridiculous assertion. If you love people enough, they will give you everything. It's I ugh. think, yeah. And I do think, I feel like that sort of um, what Kim wrote in to say sort of hits at the crux of what was bugging me that I like wasn't quite able to articulate, which was like, to me, it almost feels like Amanda Palmer's success also just has a lot to do with luck, like with just the luck of the draw, with her not having been afraid to ask, with her asking the right way and like looking the right way when she asks. Like, I feel like it's the kind of book where I read where I'm like, yeah, I'm sure it worked for you, but not like someone who's less cute or like less precocious in her asks or whatever. Um, but to me, I think that's sort of what's behind it is that sentiment of if you love people enough, they will give you everything, which isn't true. Yes. And you know what? The fact of the matter is I can love people a lot and still not give you everything because I need to save some of myself mm. for myself. And the idea that I should completely be willing to deplete everything I am and everything I have for love is terrible. Yes, Kim, you're absolutely right. If you love people enough, they will give you everything. Well, damn it, they shouldn't. They should not give you everything. Mm -mm. That's not fair to them. And frankly, it makes no sense that you should get it from them. Just, it makes no sense. Nope, 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 nope. Anywho, enough of that. We have one more letter before our break. Uh, Jalenta, I'll let you read it. Yeah, Fiona wrote in to say, I have been asking the universe to take Pierce Morgan off the air. Kristen, I clearly should have just asked you. Thank you for taking him down. <laughs> Yay! You know, in my mind, I've totally equated him stepping down with like Kristen was his final straw, not the <laughs> one where we saw him walk off the air, but the one before that. He just didn't know it. No one else knows it, but we know it. Oh my gosh, that is so sweet, Fiona. Thank you so much, and thank you, Jolenta. 
as well. Uh, We're going to take another quick break, but when we're back, a few of you are going to share the hardest things you've ever asked for, and of course, we'll announce next week's book. If a friend asks how you're doing, and you say, I'm okay. When the truth is, I don't want my problems to burden anyone. Or you say, Hang it in there. Because if I ask for help, they'll just think I'm weak. Then this is your sign to call, text, or chat. 988 for free, confidential support. Anytime. You don't have to hide how you feel. Want to connect with a family member who doesn't speak your language? Then check out the language learning program Rosetta Stone on desktop or as an app. Rosetta Stone is designed to immerse you in the language you're learning through an intuitive process. Plus, the True Accent feature even gives you feedback on your pronunciation. And with a lifetime membership, you have access to all 25 offered languages. Get started today. Visit rosettastone.com backslash pod 50 to get 50% off your lifetime membership now. That's rosettastone.com backslash pod 50 for 50% off. And we are back and we have a very fun list of the biggest things some of you have ever asked for. Yes, we're just going to do this rapid fire Heidi says, I asked for a divorce, and yes, I got one. (laughs) Jill M. says, asked for a promotion and did not get it. Two months later, I accepted a job offer at another organization, and it has been a great experience ever since. Laura says, I asked my mom for help and support with locating my birth mom, and yes, she gave me that help. Mm -hmm. Jill J. says, I asked Heather Mills, the model who was briefly married to Paul McCartney, who was an amputee, if she'd support my friend as she became an amputee due to a juvenile cancer at age 18. Heather responded and emotionally supported my friend until the end of her life. Oh, wow. These asks are so beautiful. Helping people is a beautiful gift. God damn it. Why are we ripping (laughs) on anyone? Thank Uh. you so much to all of you who wrote and called in this week, sharing your stories, sharing your perspectives. It it just means so much to us that we heard from so many of you this week. Uh, Reminder, if you have stories you want to share, if you have opinions you want to share, if you have criticisms you want to share, you can always leave us a voicemail at 302-492-6657. That's 302-49-BOOKS. And don't forget, you can also join us on our private Facebook community. It's always popping off. It was going overtime during Amanda Palmer. You can find that at facebook.com slash groups slash Pod. And now, Jolenta, it's time. Mm. It's the time when we announce next week's book. Whoa, we got the reverb. And our next book is... Everybody's Got Something by Robin Roberts. Um, Hold on, wait, what do I have? Am I going to catch it? Honestly, I kind of hope so. <laughs> Listen next week to find out. And that's it for this mini episode of By the Book. 
huge, huge thank you to our Rockstar production team at Stitcher, Daisy Rosario, Brandon Nix, Corinne Wallace, and Andy Christens. We ask for their help every week, and they kindly say yes. Thank you also to Nate Wida, who composed our theme song, and to the Rizzos who perform it. Please stay in touch. Let us know if you've read The Art of Asking and if it worked or didn't work for you. Our email address is kristenandjolenta at gmail.com. You can also tweet us at G, at kristenmeinzer, or at buythebookpod. And Jolenta, what are our Instagram handles? Oh, they are at buythebookpod, at jolenta underscore G, and at K. One zero Meinzer. That's K ten Meinzer. Surprise! She was doing some sort of fucked up wordplay when she made that account. <laughs> you know I was. Mm. Also, please rate us and review us in Apple Podcasts or Stitcher. That's something we're just gonna straight up ask you for if you mm-hmm. can, if you Ugh. will, if you have something good to say, but not if you have something bad to say. <laughs> Um, Oh, and if you haven't already, tell a friend about the show. Don't ask them if they know about it. Just straight up tell them about (laughs) it. Spread the word. As Amanda Palmer knows, word of mouth is very important for getting your work out there. So spread it if you like it. And spread the word about your own work. I'm sure it's great. Until next time, I'm Kristen Meinzer. And I'm Jalanta Greenberg. Thank you so much for listening. Bye-bye. Jade, Jade Jill. That's a clothing line. That's a catalog. Yeah. Stitcher. If a friend asks how you're doing and you say, I'm okay. When the truth is, I don't want my problems to burden anyone. Or you say, Hang it in there. Because if I ask for help, they'll just think I'm weak. Then this is your sign to call. Text or chat 988 for free confidential support anytime. You don't have to hide how you feel.